Good morning and happy Thursday. It is the 11th of May. If you tried to look at the live stream or go back to it, there were technical problems. And without getting into detail, basically, when I live stream it and when I do the podcast, I purposefully do not have video running because I want the focus to be on the word and not on me. There's also some ancillary benefits about that, that I don't have to actually set up studio lighting and make myself look all nice and pretty and everything. I can do it. I can do it kind of like natural, if you will, but not um, worry about how I'm actually looking in front of the camera. Anyway, long story short, the StreamYard software that I used to record other podcasts that I was going to try to use for this actually recorded my video. So I pondered going live with that. And then I'm like, no, it, it goes against exactly my whole reason for not doing the video here. Because again, I want the words focused on the word of God. And besides, I believe that most don't watch the video stream anyway they just listen to the podcast so having said that let's try this again if all goes well it'll live stream on second chance publishing and the daily bible wrap-up twitter channels at 7 15 central we shall see we start out in psalm 59 we're in now verse 9 as we continue through the psalm I like this quote, because of the sinful things they say, because of the evil in their lips, let them be captured by their pride, their curses, and their lies, end quote. It sometimes takes a while, but lies always lose and truth always wins. I pray constantly for the revolution, of, for the revelation rather of truth, I guess for the revolution of truth as well, because there is so much deception nowadays. It's it's just a, amazing and disheartening to hear and listen to people with views that you know that if their eyes were just opened, they would understand. But they're just caught in this deceptive groupthink loop. But we're called to pray. That's what David's doing here when he was surrounded by Saul, Saul's armies. For you, O God, are my refuge, the one who shows me unfailing love. And then we go over to John 6. We're in verse 60 right now. So the disciples have a tough time themselves believing what Jesus said. Think about that. If the disciples were struggling, what about the rest of the people? Jesus says that the Spirit alone gives eternal life. And that some of them don't believe him. He could tell who believed and who didn't believe. I think sometimes we can, to an extent as well, too. Now, what I get from this is that we are to pray for the Spirit to help when we have crisis of faith. Because we all do. Particularly, that's why I talk about times like, for example, when we're overwhelmed. I think one of the Psalms a little while back talked about that. 
There's so much in the word of God that we can apply to help us when we have this crisis of faith. If we just understood the Bible and knew where to look better, which is why we do this. Well, some of the disciples then deserted him. But, and this is a little interesting, the 12 remained. So here, I, I get into the, to the, I don't want to say trap, but into the habit maybe of, like, every time I hear the word disciple, I think of the 12. You might also. But I think it's used differently in different aspects. Here, obviously, it's referred to as followers of Jesus, not necessarily just the 12. Well, Jesus knows that one of the 12 is, quote, a devil, because he knows what's in everyone's heart. He knows who believes and who doesn't. And, of course, he's speaking of Judas. Then the next chapter we start. Now, the leaders of Judea, the religious leaders, were plotting his death, so Jesus avoided that area, choosing to travel instead around Galilee, which made sense. But his his disciples, the 12 probably, were, were saying, but if you go to Judea, you're, you're going to have a lot better chance to get famous and spread your word. And Jesus says, no, it's not my time yet. So he does, though, interestingly, after all that, go to um, Judea secretly, staying out of the public view. I, I don't remember if it said exactly where he went um, within Judea. Well, he's, so he's sort of hanging around, listening, taking in. I mean, even the disciples, the 12, don't know that he's there. No one had the courage to speak favorably about him in public, though, because they all feared the Jewish leaders. Well, you know, they, I, I guess it'd be, it was pretty much common knowledge now that the A, Jesus existed, B, he was causing quite a stir, and C, and most importantly, the Jewish leaders wanted to, at the very least, they considered him a criminal or needed to be captured or something or another. And people, they didn't want to be associated with him, which makes complete sense in that if you if you don't, if you haven't reached that point yet of believing who Jesus is and you're just more like listening and trying to understand him, um, it, it, it's almost as if the Jewish leaders pursuit of Jesus is is cutting off Jesus being able to grow his ministry there. I'm sure we'll pick up more on that tomorrow. Now we go over to Old Testament Judges 12. Now Ephraim is upset that Jephthah didn't involve them in the Ammonites battle. Similar, I think that this was something similar, I think happened earlier. And I tried to flip through my notes to see where I could find it. It might be on that yellow sheet of paper when I didn't have my notebook, which that yellow sheet of paper is still sitting in my office, otherwise known as Studio 1A. I'm in Studio 2A right now. Um, but it was similar that there was a battle against the Midianites, I think, and they and the Ephraim was upset that they weren't involved. It's almost as if, like, you ever heard of the term alligator hands or alligator arms? It's like, you kind of like volunteer, but you don't put up your hand all the way. But but then you could say afterwards, well, I wanted to be a part of it, you know? Yeah, that was my, the impression I got. May or may not be correct here. But because Jephthah, Jephthah did note that he did summon them, but he couldn't wait on them. 
he had he had a battle to fight. He had a war to win. He's like, listen, you guys aren't going to come. You're not going to come. So he got the victory for himself. So some infighting occurred here. Uh, skirmish and depth to one. I think they said that as a result of this, like 42,000 um, uh, Ephraim, Ephraimites died. It got me thinking here, just something to, to consider. Infighting often results in fractured nations. Think civil war. United States. Any civil war, by definition. Well, Jephthah judged Israel for six years. Then Isban from Bethlehem became judge for seven years. Then Elon, ten years. Then Abdon, eight years. And that is the end of Judges 12. So we, we advance forward, what? Let's see, that's 13, 23, another 31 years. Then the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, because that's the pendulum swing. So the Lord handled them over to the Philistines who opposed, who oppressed them for 40 years. Now, it is during this time that, of course, uh, th there are just some famous stories, the Bible, and people know of, of several of them, Noah, Adam and Eve, um, the, uh, the manger, and Samson is one of those as well, too, big, strong guy. Well, now we're into learning about the birth of Samson. He's from, he's going to be born to rescue Israel from the tribe of Dan, to rescue Israel from the Philistines. An angel appeared to his mother before the birth. I don't know if it was before conception, but basically said that you're going to have a son. Um, could be rather special. His hair can't be cut. Um, she was also was told not to drink alcohol or eat forbidden fruit, food as his son would be dedicated to God as a Nazarite. Now, I think we'll talk about this a little bit longer, more in the future, but the Nazarites had very strict um, rules to follow, and abstaining from alcohol was one of them. So I guess the idea here is that even in the womb, he can't... the child can't have alcohol so the mother has to abstain and bad foods and all that um the father's name i forgot to record the mother's name i can't remember if it was in the uh, in the um uh in the writing uh but the father is named menorah and encountered the angel again the same angel that appeared to uh the mother instructing her about all this stuff and Menorah wanted to have some more final instructions. I don't think they got really any, but Menorah also wanted to honor the angel and ask the angel's name, which is interesting. The angel responds, it is too wonderful for you to understand. It's an odd statement there. Think about it. Using the word wonderful. I know like in Star Trek, because I always use Star Trek analogies, or at least frequently do or references, because this is about sometimes talking about the Bible and contemporary culture influences as well. Uh, Mr. Spock is always referred to as Mr. Spock or just Spock because his um, first name, I think it is, is, as he says, unpronounceable. So he does have a first name. We just don't know what it is. So unpronounceable is one reason not to say a name. Um, 
hard to too complex too long those would be others but wonderful have you ever heard of someone saying that a name is their name is too wonderful that you wouldn't even understand the wonder so i got from this that the name must convey aspects of heaven that we cannot understand and i think therein lies a point we try to understand heaven with our earthly gifts skills what tools that we have but we should just think about accepting that which we simply cannot in this existence understand and go with it say that it's too wonderful to understand and then at the end of the chapter samson is born so we're going to continue tomorrow on the story of samson until then have a wonderful day live today as if the king is coming back today Thank you.